Without the blood of Jesus Christ, we truly would be lost. John chapter 14 this morning, John chapter number 14, John chapter 14, we're continuing our series through the I Am's in the book of John, and uh, after today, next week, as we'll be looking at the last one, the last I Am, and it's been a really interesting series going through these, the seven different times that Jesus says, I am, and then he says, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the light of the world. Um, and uh, many different things. I'm the bread of life. And this morning we're in John chapter 14, and we'll begin reading in verse number one. John chapter 14, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that Where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Father, we do thank you for your word. Lord, we ask you just use it this morning to speak to our hearts, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just work in each heart this morning as you would see fit. Um, Lord, just draw us close to you. Lord, may we see you as the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, just work now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The great passage of Scripture Uh, This is a verse that may be quoted almost as much as John 3.16. Many people know John 3.16 and uh, John 14.6 is almost as much quoted. But when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, what is he referring to? What does he mean, the way, truth, and life? The one thing that we have to remember when we're reading through the Bible that chapter breaks were not inspired, right? Uh, Chapter breaks are put there. So when we have chapter 13 or chapter 14, it's there for our reading, but it's also there to be able to find where we're at in the book easily, right? If there was no chapter or numbers, it'd be very difficult to, for all of us to get to John chapter 14, verse six very quickly, okay? Um, And so they put these things in there for us to be able to read it easily uh, and to be able to find where we're at. But we have to remember that just because there's a chapter break doesn't mean that this is totally different from the previous chapter. In fact, is what we find here that chapter 13 continues into chapter 14, right? So to be able to understand what Jesus is saying here, we have to go back and look at chapter 13. Uh, because in chapter 13... We understand that this is during the time of the what we would call the Last Supper, where Jesus and the Twelve are eating in the upper room, and they have the, the meal of the Last Supper. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, after supper, uh, Judas leaves to betray Jesus, and then Jesus is left alone with the Eleven. If you go back to chapter 13, notice in verse number 32, or excuse me, verse 31. Therefore, now when he was gone out, that's Judas... Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God also shall glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. 
Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one toward another. So here Jesus is saying, I'm about to be glorified. And when he's referring to that, when he says I'm about to be glorified, he's saying, he's talking about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Jesus is about to die, but he knows that he's going to be buried and he's going to resurrect. He knows that. And so this is talking about his glorification here. And he's explaining that to them. Uh, And I love the way that Jesus refers to his death, burial, and resurrection to it as his glorification. That that whole thing, the death, burial, and resurrection has nothing to do with us. Uh, we, We benefit from it, but it's all about glorifying him. It's not about us. I mean, again, we benefit from it, but it's about him being glorified in all that he has done, right? And that's what he calls it. He is going to be glorified. But then, again, he says this is what's going to happen, and then he gives some some final instructions, right? And whenever someone gives final instructions, it's very important to listen to. And so he's telling them, I'm about to be glorified. There's going to be a death, burial, resurrection, and then he's going to be uh, ascending up to the Father, Um, And he says, so I'm giving you some final instructions, okay? Yet a little while I'm with you, you shall seek me. As I said to the Jews, you cannot come, so now say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also love me. So he says, this is the new commandment I'm giving you. I want you to love one another because through this love is how the world is going to see that you're my disciples. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one toward another, right? So he says, Uh, This is what's going to happen, but this is, I'm preparing you, and when I'm gone, this is what I want you to do. I want you to show this love to one another as believers, as the body of Christ, and I want you to show the love of Christ to a a lost and dying world, okay? This This is important, right? This is very important what he's telling us, but watch what happens. Does Peter say, Lord, who are we supposed to love or how are we supposed to love them or, you know, you know, anything about love? No. Watch what he says. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Peter totally missed it. Jesus is giving some final instruction here about what he wants them to do. And Peter got so hung up with what Jesus had said previous, he totally missed that he's supposed to go and show the love of Christ to people. Lord, what do you mean you're going somewhere? Where are you going? What, what, what do you mean? You're going somewhere. We've been with you for three and a half years, Lord. What do you mean you're going somewhere? And what do you mean we can't follow you? Again, he's talking about his, his, uh, his ascension. Jesus is speaking about his ascension. They're not going to be able to follow him. Um, and, and so he gives them these final instructions. But Peter's not concerned about that. Rather, he didn't like what he heard. Because remember, Peter and them, they're thinking Jesus is supposed to be setting up an earthly kingdom here. And if Jesus leaves, how can he set up this earthly kingdom? So it's not fitting into Peter's plans. So he says, wait a minute, Lord, where where are you going? Why would you say you're going someplace that we can't go? So watch how Jesus responds. In verse 36, Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. So he says, Peter, where I'm going to go, you can't follow me right now, but you will be able to, okay? You are going to be able to follow me, but not right now. Did that satisfy Peter? 
No, it didn't. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Even though he just said, Lord, where are you going? Peter, you you can't follow me now. You will be able to, but not right now. Why? Sound like a kid, right? They love to ask why, right? Don't touch that. Why? Well, because it's hot. Why? Well, because there's, you know, electricity. Why? You know, he's like, no, just be quiet, right? Just listen to me. Don't do it. Why? Here we go again, right? Can you imagine? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I wonder if Jesus kind of felt like he was dealing with children sometimes, right, with the disciples. Why? Why can't I go with you? Peter, you're going to be able to, just not now. Why? Why? Why can't I go with you now? I, I will lay down my life for you, Lord. I'll lay down my life. I'll, I'll die for you. Verse 38, Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Will you, Peter? Will you really lay down your life for me? And he continues, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. The Lord says, Actually, Peter, you aren't going to lay down your life for me. You're actually going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times. Now, again, we don't have it recorded here, but if you, you don't have to turn there. But in Matthew chapter 26, Matthew records a little bit more of the conversation. And basically, when Jesus says that, Peter, you're going to deny me, Peter basically calls Jesus a liar. Now, let me, let me just tell you something right here, right? It's not really good to call God a liar. Just putting that out there for you, right? Jesus says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. No, Lord. No, 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 no. I will not deny you. I will lay down my life for you. I'm not going to deny you. Lord, you don't know what you're talking about. You're, 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 that's crazy talk. I am not going to deny you. And by the way, it wasn't just Peter that said that. Okay? It was all the disciples that said that. In fact, Peter's very words were, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Lord, you're wrong. I will not deny you. I will die for you. I will not deny you. And again, he says, likewise also said all the disciples. All the disciples. So again, think about it. This is, think about what's going on. This is just hours, literally hours before the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Jesus is trying to help them. He's trying to teach them some things. And their whole world just got blown up in front of them. Lord, what do you mean you're going somewhere? Lord, what do you mean by that? What do you mean we're going to deny you? Lord, we wouldn't deny you. Lord, why can't we go with you? We've traveled with you for three and a half years. We've been with you everywhere you've gone. Lord, we've slept in the same places together. We've traveled in the same boats. We've walked the same roads. Lord, what do you mean we can't go with you? What do you mean there's a place that we can't be with you? Lord, what do you mean we're going to deny you? Lord, we love you. We would not deny you. Again, and I understand, you know, look, these these are 11 men right? These are not teenagers. These are not young people. These are 11 grown men, right? And ladies, you, you know this, right? If you're married, 
you know, ladies, you understand, men have a, um, have a problem with, um, what's the word? Um, men are stubborn, right? We're kind of stubborn, right? Instructions, who needs instructions? I don't need instructions. Tell me how to build this thing. I can, I can figure this out, right? Honey, do you know where you're going? Absolutely. I know where I'm going. Did you check the GPS? Don't need to. I don't need to. I know how to get there. Why are we going in U-turns? No, it's not a U-turn. It's just a shortcut. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lost. I know exactly where I'm going. Guys are kind of stubborn like that, right? So imagine Jesus is saying, you can't go with me. You're going to deny me. And the disciples are very defensive about this, saying, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We want to go with you anywhere you want to, Lord. And what do you mean we're going to deny you? And so that their whole world just got blown up in front of them. Lord, what is going on? It was about to get worse. In just a few short hours, they were going to see their, their Savior, the one that they believed and trusted and hanging on a cross. They were going to put him in a tomb. Their world was about to get a little different. And so we come to chapter 14 and watch what he says. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. Think they were troubled a little bit? I think so. A little worried, a little anxious, uncertain. (laughs) You think in just a few hours they were going to be a little bit worried, a little uncertain, a little anxious as Jesus is arrested, taken to Caiaphas' house, he's beaten. He's taken to the Romans and they're going to crucify him. He goes to the cross at Calvary and he dies and they take down his dead body and they place him in a tomb. You think they were going to be a little bit nervous? You think they were going to be a little bit worried and anxious about what was going on? Sure. No doubt. And so Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Have you ever been troubled? When things didn't go the way you expected them to go? I'd say we've all probably been there, right? You ever been troubled when your plans that you had masterfully put together (laughs) just fell apart? You ever been troubled by betrayal? You ever been troubled by the loss of a friend or family member? Can you hear the words of Jesus this morning? Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Think about what he's saying. Believe in God. Why Why does he say, let not your heart be troubled? Because if you believe in God, if you say, yes, I believe in God, then you can believe Jesus because he is God. You can believe him. If you believe that God is the creator, if you believe that God has a plan, if you believe that God knows what is best, then Jesus says, you don't have to be troubled, you don't have to worry, you don't have to fret. You can trust him, even though you don't understand what's going on. Even though it may seem that the world is falling apart, he says, look, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Trust me. I know what's best. I know what's going on. And what's really interesting here 
is what Jesus begins to explain. Before we even get to what Jesus, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, there's some things that Jesus is trying to help us understand here. He says, because again, remember, he's saying, I'm going away. And they're like, where are you going to go, Lord? We, we want to go with you. And he says, no, you can't go with me now, but one day you are going to come. One day you are going to be with me. So watch what he says in verse number two. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know and the way ye know. So notice Jesus tells them about some things. He tells them some things about the place that he's going. He says, look, this is where I'm going. You can't come right now. This is where I'm going, but... I want you to know that one day you're going to be with me, right? So notice some things that he tells them about this place. Notice number one. Number one, heaven is a real place. Heaven is a real place. Jesus did not just make it up all of a sudden. No, 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 no. Heaven is not some made-up place to make people feel better about death. That is not what heaven is. Heaven is a dwelling place. Heaven is where Jesus Christ left heaven. That was his home. Heaven is the the dwelling place of God. Jesus left heaven to come to this earth to take on human flesh. It is where he ascended after his death, burial, and resurrection. He ascended into heaven uh, after his resurrection and where he sits at this very moment at the right hand of God. Heaven is a real place. It's not just some make-believe thing. No, no, no. It is real. You say, well, I can't see it. Believe God. You believe in God, believe also in me, he says. Look, just because you can't see it, just because you can't understand it, doesn't mean that it's not real. He says it's real. It is a real place. But notice, secondly, not only is heaven a real place, but notice there is only one house. In my father's house, singular, In my father's house, there are many mansions. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. There's one house. And I know we we have this idea. Sometimes we can can, uh, visualize things differently than the Bible teaches them, right? Um, How many of you ever heard of the song, I've got a mansion over the hilltop? Anybody ever heard that one before? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, that's not biblical. Right? Because what do we think about when we think about a mansion, right? We think about this huge palace, right? I mean, we think about, you know, like mansions that are built today. We think about these people that buy $50 million homes and they got pools inside and pools outside. They got 27 rooms just on this side of the house and 50 bathrooms and all this kind of stuff. We're like, man, I'm going to get my mansion. Sorry, that's not what the Bible says. He says there is one house. One house. The Father's house. In the Father's house, there are many mansions. You say, ah, you see, there's the word mansion. That's right. The the word mansion is there. But the word mansion doesn't mean a mansion like what we think. The word mansion is the Greek word mone, which is translated abode. In fact, in Webster's 1828 dictionary, it defines mansion as any place of residence. Y'all didn't know you were living in a mansion, did you? Right now, you're living in a mansion. It's your place of residence. Now, today, when you go home, I want you to pull in the driveway and be like, man, check out that mansion. Look at that mansion. 
Ah, look at that mansion. That's what it means. It means a place of residence, a house, a habitation, a place to abide, to live. Think about this. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. There's one house. But yes, there's many dwelling places in the house. But there's one house. And notice the third thing really quick. The third thing he says about this place is that one day we will be there. He will come for us. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. He says, I'm preparing a place for you and one day I'm going to come and take you to be with me. I'm going to receive you and I'm going to take you home to my father's house where I have prepared a place for you. Isn't that wonderful to know that the Lord Jesus says, hey, I just want you to know, even though you can't come with me now, and this is what he's trying to explain to Peter and the disciples, you can't come with me now, but one day I'm going to bring you with me. One day I'm going to take you with me. All right. And then he says, and whither I go, ye know. And the way, ye know. But Thomas, Thomas says, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Lord, we don't understand. What do you, we, don't, we don't understand where you're going. And how can we know the way? You know, we give, we give some people in the Bible a lot of grief sometimes, right? Like Thomas here. What do we call Thomas? What, what do we call him? Doubting Thomas, like you and me have never doubted before, right? Anybody in here never doubted before? That's what I thought. Well, how come you don't go around calling yourself doubting whatever your name is? We like to look down on some of the people in the Bible, Right? Well, they just should have believed. Well, that's good advice. Why don't you take it? Right? If it's good enough for them, right? Isn't it good enough for us? We get down on them quite a bit. But here's the thing. This is, if Thomas would not have asked this, and I believe Thomas is sincere. Thomas is still not, he's not putting all the pieces together. Some because they're confused about the physical kingdom and the spiritual kingdom. And some, they're just, the pieces just aren't fitting together. And so he says, Lord, we don't understand. What do you mean? Lord, we know not whither thou goest. Lord, where, where are you going? And how can we know? What's the next word? The way. How can we know the way? How do we know how to get there? And then verse number six, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Here's the thing. I'm glad Thomas asked that question. Because if Thomas wouldn't have asked, Lord, we don't understand where you're going and how do we know the way, we may never have ever gotten verse number six. But Thomas said, Lord, I'd like to know a little bit more. How do we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So what does that mean, the way, the truth, and the life? Well, let's first of all look at the way. The way, what does the word way mean? The word way simply means a path. It means a roadway. It's a path. It's a roadway, right? So if we were to, uh, if we were to, you know, especially in America, we have street names and things like this. But if you were to go all the way to the south end of town, where uh, Maple Street and Frizzell kind of kind of meet right there, I think that's I think it's Maple Street and Frizzell. 
Is that right? I think it is. Uh, and if you were to tell someone, hey, if you, if you take this roadway right here, this Maple Street right here, if you follow this and you go all the way almost as far as Maple Street can go north, if you're, you're here at Frizzell and you go as far away, now you stay on this road right here, and if you go as, almost as far north as you can, right before it ends, you're going to find First Baptist Church on the right-hand side. What has Maple Street become? Maple Street has become the way. It's the way. That's how you're, and that's how you're going to get there, right? It's the path. It's the roadway to get there. But here's something that we have to understand. There is a difference between following someone's directions and that person being with you and telling you when to turn and which way to go, Right? Now, again, here in America, we have street names and things like this, and it's, it's very helpful to have a street name. It's very helpful to have maps on your phone or Garmin or GPS or whatever it is. Those things are very helpful. But I can tell you this, in most third world countries, they're not helpful. <laughs> they're not helpful at all. And so in, in our church in, in Uganda, we would do similar to what we do here. If we have a visitor come, we would give them a visitor card and uh, almost about the same size there. And we would have them write their name just like what we do here. But then, you know, where you would say the address, basically you would say, you know, okay, my address is, and I'm just using this, 1308 North Maple Street, right? Eaton, Ohio. That's the church here. 1308 North, that's the address, right? So that's very easy. Nobody has to really know where it's at because all we have to do is go to a map or we can put it in our Google Maps or something like that and that will tell us. But again, over there, they don't have that. They don't have street names. They don't have house numbers. So when we ask someone to, for their address, we don't actually ask for their address. We ask for a map. <laughs> and on the back, we say, please draw a map to your house. And so on the back, they'll try, to, they'll try to draw a map or something like this. And they'll say, you know, the directions will be like, go this way. And then you'll see like what on the map is like a tree. And then at the tree, you're going to turn left. So you're going to turn left at the tree. And then you're going to go down here a little ways. And then there's going to be a duca on the right. And uh, then the duca there, you're going to turn right. By the way, a duca is like a little store type of a deal, right? You're going to turn right there. And, and I will tell you this, of the thousands and thousands of maps that we got, I would probably say a good 80 to 90% of the maps got you lost. They get lost. You get lost. Why? Well, because when you say to go to this tree, which tree are you talking about? Because there's more than one tree in, in Uganda. So you're, you're going down the road, and you're like, okay, well, here's a tree, and there's a tree, and there's a tree, and there's a tree. And which tree is it? So you just hope, well, maybe this is the right tree. And so you'll turn and you're, you're like, you'll go down this way for a little bit. And you're like, okay, there's no duca here. There's no little shop. This was the wrong road. So we got to go back and let's try the next tree. And we'll go to the next tree. Okay, this is right. Okay. Hey, there is a duca here, but oh man, there's another duca up there. And there's a duca up there. And which duca do we turn at? And 85 to 90% of the time, you never find the house. Because going by the map, it's kind of difficult. Now, if that same person were to take you and say, hey, let me take you by the hand and I'm going to take you by this map and I'm going to lead you. And, like, uh, and so we're going to go together and we pass a tree and we pass a tree and we pass a tree and, and see this tree here. This was the mango tree. I didn't know that. It's a mango tree. It's not the lemon tree. No, it's the mango tree. I didn't know that. Now I, okay, all right, so now we turn this way, so we're going this way. And it's not the first duca, it's, it's George's duca down here. I didn't know that. 
I didn't know it was George's Duca. I mean, Mary's Duca is right here. What's wrong with Mary's Duca? No, it's George's Duca. So we got to go to George's Duca. And so when you have them with you, it's much easier to be able to find the place because they know exactly where they are going. They know exactly how to get there, right? Think about it. Lord, how do we know the way? Lord, we don't understand where you're going. We don't understand how to get there. You're saying that we can't come now, but we're going to come later. But if we don't go now with you, how are we going to get there later? How are we going to know the way? How are we going to know how to get there? And so Jesus says, look, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And again, there's a difference here. The way to God is known. Do you understand that? The way to God is known. There are religions all over. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get to God. Everybody's trying to get to God. Everybody's trying to get to God. Here's the problem. They're going their own way. How can you tell someone how to get there if you've never been there? If I've never been there, I don't know how to get there. The only way that I can know how to get there is that the person who is from there comes and takes me to there. Isn't that interesting? Jesus says, I am the way. Why? Because he came from there. He came from heaven and he came down to this earth. He said, look, let me tell you something. Not only can I tell you about this place, I can tell you how to get to this place because I am the way. I am the way. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. I know there are religions that will say, you need to be be members of our church or you need to get baptized or, or you need to be a good person and that will help you get there. Wrong. That's not the way. You see, they're trying to tell you something that they have no clue about. That's why Jesus says, look, I want you to know for sure. I want you to know how to get there. And I am the way. There is no other way. And he, please understand, this is not just Jesus pointing a sign and saying, go this way. Right? Turn here. Go right here. No, no, no. Jesus is saying, I am the way. That's why he says, that, that's why John tells us in 1 John chapter 5, he that hath the Son hath life and he that hath not the son of god hath not life why because he is the way jesus is the way if we don't have jesus then we don't have the way to god we don't have the way to the father's house he is the only way and here's the thing if any person or religion tells you that there is some other way to the father than through jesus christ they are a false teacher they are a liar and you need to stay away from them stay away from them because Jesus said, I am the way. You say, but, but my, my religion over here says there's another way over here. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am the way. Did, did your religion come from heaven? No, Jesus did. Jesus said, I am the way. And by the way, can I, can I say this? The destination is not a place. Now, I know in verse number two, he says, in my father's house are many mansions. He's talking about the father's house, right? But the destination is not a place. The destination is a person. Look what he says in verse number six. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. The destination is a person, not a place. He says, yes, you're going to my father's house, but you're not going there to the house. You're going there for the father, 
right? I mean, look, if, you, if, you, if it's been a while since you've seen family before, you know, and, and you're, maybe, you've got, you, maybe you've got little kids and you're going to take them to grandma and grandpa's house or you're going to take them to aunt and uncle's house or whatever, what do you say? You say, we're going to grandma and grandpa's house. We're going to uh, my, my kids, my, my in-laws or nan and papa. We're going to go to nan and papa's house. Or if they're going to my parents, we're going to grandma and grandpa's house, Right? So when they get to the house, guess what they do? They run up to the door and they're like, oh, house. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. I love you, house. I've went all this way to see this house. Is that what they're doing? No. You know what happens when they get there? They don't even care about the house. Right? What do they care about? The people inside. They care about grandma and grandpa. They care about Nan and Papa. They care about Uncle so-and-so and and Cousin so-and-so. It's not the house. They're not going there to see the house. They're going there to see the people in the house. We just call it, that's their house. That's where they live. That's their abiding place. But what we're going there for is not the structure. It is the person that is there. The destination that we have is not a place. We're not just saying, hey, I get to go to heaven. No, 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 no. It is a person. It is God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And we get to be with them for all of eternity only through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. It's through Jesus Christ. You say, oh, but man, I've read about the streets of gold and I've read about the gates of pearl and, you know, I've sung that song. I've got a mansion. What about all those things? Can I tell you something? You're not going to care about those things. You're not going to care about those things. You're not going to care about the streets of gold when you have an opportunity to worship Jesus. You're not going to care about the gates of pearl. You're not going to care. By the way, why do you need a big old, big old mansion anyway in heaven? You're not going to be in it. You ever thought about that? Well, I just want it for me. Well, look how prideful we are. It's all about me now, isn't it? It's not about me. It's about him. I'm going there for him. I'm not going there for me. I'm going there for him. I'm going there because of what he has done for me. I'm going there because he is the way. And he has said, look, I am the way. And if you want to come to the Father, you've got to come through me. And I get to go to the Father. I get to go to the Father. I get to go to God the Father. Because of him. He is the way. He's the way. But he's also the truth. Watch what he says. The truth. What does truth mean? Truth is sincerity. It's truth. It is integrity. And why does he say truth? It would have been very easy for Jesus just to end by saying, I am the way. That's, what, that's all they asked, right? How do we know the way? Do you notice how many times the way is mentioned? He says, how do we know the way? Lord, where, where is the way? Jesus said, you know the way. We don't know the way, Lord. How do we know the way? Where do, we, where do we find the way? Jesus says, I am the way. And it would have been very easy for Jesus to stop right there. I am the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But he didn't stop. I am the way and the truth. And the truth. This truth. Why does he say this? Because he wants them and he wants us to know that we can trust everything he says and does. We can trust him even though we may not understand it. The disciples didn't understand why Jesus had to leave. They didn't understand why they couldn't go with him. But Jesus said, I want you to know you can trust me because I am truth. I'm not just the way and no man cometh unto the Father but by me, but I am truth. Think about this. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of truth. He knows truth. He speaks truth. 
everything he says is true. He reveals truth. Aren't you glad he just revealed that if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself? I'm really glad that he revealed that truth. Because that means I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that whenever I take my last breath or Jesus Christ returns, I get to be with the Father. I get to be with the Father. Why? Because he speaks truth. He reveals truth. He lives truth. He is truth. And that's why Jesus said, look, let not your heart be troubled. I know you don't understand I know you're going through a difficulty at work. I know you're going through something at home with the family. I know you're going through something here. But look, I want you to know you can trust me. You can trust me. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You can trust me because everything I do, everything I say is truth. And we can understand that, yes, even though I may not understand it, I understand that he has a purpose and a plan and his way is always best. So I can trust him. He's truth. He'll never lie. He'll never deceive. He'll never betray. He's truth. He says, you can trust me. But he's also life. The way, the truth, the life. Isn't it amazing how many times Jesus is referred to as life? Already, just throughout the book of John, how many times we've seen Jesus as life? In John chapter 1, verse 4, it tells us that in him was life. In Jesus was life. He is the bread of life in chapter 6. He's the resurrection and the life in chapter 11. He's the everlasting life in John chapter 3. I mean, over and over and over, Jesus says, I am life. And I am the way, the truth, and the life. Life. You see, the only way that we can have life is through Jesus Christ. You say, what do you mean life? I'm alive. My heart is beating. My my arms work. I'm hearing you. I I see you. What do you mean life? You see, you might be alive physically, but that doesn't mean you're alive spiritually. Because when you and I were born, every one of us was born separated from God in sin. And that's why Jesus had to come. That's why Jesus came. Because again, we want to get back to God, but we don't know the way. We want to be with God again, but we don't know the way. And so Jesus had to come. He had to leave his home in heaven and come to this earth to live and bleed and die for our sins, to be buried and rise again so that he could give us eternal life, everlasting life. And that life is only through him. It's not through a church. It's not through getting baptized. It's not through being a good person. It's not through, through any of these things that many times religion tries to say. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man. What does that mean? It means nobody. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus said, you cannot come to the Father. You cannot get to the Father except through me because he is the only one that gives life. Friend, if you've never received that life from Jesus Christ, yes, your heart may be beating and you may be physically here this morning, but if you were to die today, do you know for sure where you would go? 
Because the Bible tells us there's only one of two places that we can go when we die. We either go to heaven to be with God for all of eternity, or we go to hell. Do you know for sure where you would go? Because, friend, I can tell you this morning, Jesus offers you life. He offers you the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he wants you to come to him. That's why he came. He came because he wants you to know the way. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to have life. But it's only through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There's no other life than Jesus Christ. Next week, we're going to be looking at the last I am, the seventh I am that we're looking at, where Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, bringeth forth much fruit. We're going to be looking that, at that I am next week. I am the vine, and what that means, because that, that really correlates with this, where Jesus is not just offering eternal life, but he's offering abundant life. He's offering a life for you and I who know Jesus as our Savior. He's offering life to those who have received life, that eternal life. Once we've received that life from Jesus Christ, now he says there is an abundant life to be lived now. It's not just how we want to live. No, no, no. It's this abundant life that we have through him. It is a new life in Jesus Christ. But it's only through him. Lord, how do we know the way? Whither goest thou? Lord, where are you going? How come we can't come? Now, how are we going to know how to get there? We've got so many questions. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't worry. Don't be upset. Don't, don't be troubled about this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm not just going to show you the way. I am the way. And I am going to take you with me. Friend, aren't you glad to know that we don't have to come up with some way to get to God? Jesus is the way. It's not about what I do or what what I don't do. No, no, no. All I have to do is accept Jesus as my Savior because He's the way. And I can trust Him and I can get into His Word and I can know that everything He says is true. Even though I don't understand what He's trying to do in my life, I can know that it's true. And I can know His way is best. And I know that the life He has for me is far greater than anything I could plan for myself. It's far greater than anything that I could try to come up with on my own. But it's only through him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I wonder where their heads bowed and their eyes closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking about. Friend, if you're here today, maybe you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You've never accepted that life 
that Jesus offers. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure where I would go if I died. I, I want to go to heaven, but I really don't know for sure that I would. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm honest. I'm going to be very honest. I'm concerned about that because I don't know if I have that life. Friend, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out or anything, but I would like to pray for you this morning. If you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure if I have that life that Jesus speaks of. I'm not sure if I died. I'm not sure where I would go. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Nobody's looking about. I just want to pray for you this morning. Just slip it up, put it right back down, right now. Pastor, I'm not sure. Would you pray for me? Anyone at all? Nobody else is looking around. Pastor, pray for me. I want to know how to have that life. And Christian, can I ask you, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and we have that life, are we still worrying? Are we still fretting? He says, let not your heart be troubled. He is the truth. We can trust Him. No matter what He does, no matter what He says, we can trust Him that His way is right. It's true. Are we living the life that He wants us to live? Or are we like Peter, we get so caught up on other things that we don't even hear what He tells us to do? Jesus said, I'm going to go away. And this is how I want you to live. I want you to love one another so that others can see the love that you have and know that you're my disciples. And so often we just totally miss it. We get caught up in our own thing and what we're trying to do. And we're like Peter. We know. You've been to church. You know what the Bible says. You've read it before. You know how God wants you to live. But are we doing it? Are we living that way? If not, we should. That's how people are to know that we are His disciples. Father, I pray that You would work in the invitation. Lord, that You would continue to work in hearts. Lord, if there's someone that's not saved, I pray that You would speak to their heart. Lord, for Christians, Lord, we might know that we're saved, but are we truly living the life You would have us to live for You? Father, I pray you'd help us to draw closer to you. Work in the invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.